0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Tina Amini, hi everybody, Sam Claiborne. hi everybody, I'm not and Justin Davis. (laughs) Scoop. And we have a great show for you this week. We've got some big games that are out this week that we've been playing and some of us have reviewed that we've got to talk about. we got to talk about a, a bizarre contest that Konami is holding, asking uh, smaller developers to make its games for them, which I guess is maybe better than nothing. But first... Better than nothing. <laughs> I mean, right?
1: <laughs> low bar, low bar.
2: Yeah. Would you
0: rather have a new Gradius game made by an indie developer or no new greatest game? That's our choice right now. Yeah. <laughs> But first, let's begin. Uh, two big games out this week: Far Cry Six and Metroid Dread. Far Cry Six got an eight from IGN, and then uh, Metroid Dread got a nine from our from GameScoop's very own yeah. Sam Claiborne.
2: Damon, did you did you beat Far Cry yet?
0: Oh no, I haven't. I haven't beat okay. it. No.
2: All right, uh, I played a lot Cry, of it. Yes, we gave Far Cry an eight, mm-hmm. which is on the uh, Sam will play a level for sure. Sounds great. <laughs> play a level. Yeah. I'll You'll play, play through one. One outpost? You know, with open world. No, 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 I said it's on the level that I'll play. Eight and yep.
0: above. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree One
1: outpost would be very sad. I've played <laughs> yeah. like, specifically for you, Damon, I played like two hours. I managed to squeeze wow. in two oh, hours nice. of the game. Oh, so that's I could contribute this one comment, which is, the first outpost is very easy and Sam, you should play beyond that.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, deal. What Good do deal. you, what is it, does it look pretty so far, Tina?
1: It's gorgeous. And actually, Mm. um, I've really been feeling like, what are we like a year and a half ish, almost Mm -hmm. two years into, um, pandemic times. And I've really been feeling like the, the vibe of wanting to, to travel somewhere Mm. tropical and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I've managed to do so digitally on my projector.
0: (laughs) So So you're enjoying exploring this tropical environment.
1: So far, I mean, again, super early on, um, I have felt very guilty because I have found a horse and then I mm-hmm. was trudging along on my horse, but then poor little Guapo is taking forever to keep up with me. So I turn around and wait, make sure he can catch up, even though I know <laughs> he <went> AI-wise for- <laughs> he's obviously going to catch up. But, yeah. you know, we, it's, it's a new bond, so I don't want to leave him behind.
0: <laughs> Guapo is the first uh, animal friend that you uh, encounter. and He's the crocodile.
1: Oh my yeah. god!
2: Crocodile
0: or alligator? Crocodile. Uh, he's, yeah.
1: a, he's, a, he's a crocodile, yeah. Okay. You, okay. Can, you can tell by the nose and also because they call him a crocodile. Mm.
2: That was a very, <laughs> very astute crocodile fact right there. And also there's yeah. only alligators in Florida and China.
1: That's right. It's, it's region-specific, too. This could, How did they,
2: there, maybe, there's allig- maybe this is in Florida. I don't know.
0: Where is it? How did this, get from one to the takes, other? <laughs> this takes place in a fictional island uh, state, Sam. So I think there could be alligators here, if the okay. developers wanted them. There's to
2: fictional be. island
0: states in Florida. They're called the Keys. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Anyway, uh... <laughs> There's been some, uh, I, I guess uh, this 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 entry in the Far Cry series has proven to be divisive for some. Mm. IGN gave it an eight, but not everyone uh, was as enthusiastic about it. Some people are just feeling some fatigue, I think, from the franchise and the formula. Mm. And we call that fatigue, fatigue, <laughs> Far Cry.
3: I mean, that's definitely true with me. Like, I think I played I played Primal less than three, and then I played four less than Primal and five less than four. So it's like each one, I'm just like, I don't like it's very samey even though they're so different from a uh, storytelling perspective and a setting perspective like the gameplay wasn't quite evolving enough for me but but the comment that i've seen from some ign folks like jr and just other folks was like like if you're in the mood for that kind of like you know what you're getting like it's not gonna surprise you it's just another far cry game and um I feel like far cry is being held to a standard, but like why can certain games get away with that? And then other games can't, y- you know, mm-hmm. it's like if they kept making Metroid style Castlevania games forever, everyone would say, yep, sign me <laughs> up. But like other games seem to not be able to get away with sort of like delivering on that same formula. Um, yes. I didn't get a copy of Sixty Works, work, so I haven't started it yet. And, um, but like, I think I'm ready. Like it's been, a hot second since I've played like a big open world outposty, you know, d- 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 just vomit icons all <laughs> over the map. It's and that then that just it go, is, yeah. go check well, them off sounds one like by based one. Based on
2: the pattern of your gameplay, you should just do one outpost like me. Yeah,
3: there you go.
2: And so it's I very think,
1: simple. It's off the side of the road. There's like three enemies. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you can stealth it, probably, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, but why would you when you have Guapo? Which honestly, you oh, know, God. and you can you can look at the slate of locked other. They call them amigos. So mm-hmm. you can look at the slate of the other locked amigos, and you know there's there's quite a quite a scale of uh, pet amigos that you get,
0: and oh, that man. might be
1: what's worth it for Far Cry Six alone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have I have chorizo the dachshund in a in a little wheelchair now. Oh it's no, it's very cute. Uh, he's it's more of a diversion <laughs> more for the enemies. He's not gonna, he's not good really good on offense mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: or stealth. Uh, yeah, or even stealth for that matter. Uh, so I've been a long-time defender of Far Cry. I, I've enjoyed all of them since 3. I, even Primal, I liked Far Cry 5, and I reviewed New Dawn and thought it was fun enough. Mm. I, I, I gave that one a 7. Uh, it's like I've liked all of them. But I think even I have to admit, after spending many hours with 6, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little like, okay, maybe now, uh, maybe finally it's, it's, it's starting to affect me. I'm feeling a little bit... And I don't think it's the gameplay, the gameplay. I love it's like what, it, what Far Cry does is what I love exploring an open world, finding collectibles, taking out outposts. That's what I love. And there's not that's not broken, but for me this time around the setting and the story and the characters all just feels really sort of bland and uninspired. I, I even like Far Cry five, which is like rural America now in hindsight seems just those, these two games seem right. or five seems a little bit more interesting to me now mm-hmm. in hindsight.
1: So- I mean, even narratively, like it's I'm, again two hours in, so reserving actual judgment for at least a couple more hours in. But for now, even like the the basic premise of the story is a very, very uh, typical kind of villain story of like do the ends justify the means? Like it's it's exploring the same sort of conflict that so many stories before it, um, you know, far cry regardless, have definitely touched on before. And I'm also a little confused by it, and I'm sure they'll explain this further, but I can't quite reconcile in my head. Okay, so they have, like, the premier, like, most advanced uh, medical technology to develop cancer treatment. Mm -hmm. But also there's just so much, like, backwards kind of, um, like, political framework around that. Like, how is the UN and other (laughs) nations not scrambling to, like, help the, the medical facility part we're to where, like, you know, this country has to resort to slavery to bring people in to work on the, the plantations to make sure that the, the tobacco and whatever else in the tobacco is making the, the medicine that they're creating. Like, I can't yeah. understand that dichotomy going on.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the UN is tied up with all the other Far cries happening in the
1: world. <laughs> simultaneously in multiverses.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep. it be. it could be. Do you, um, uh, there's a famous actor in this game. Giancarlo there is. Esposito. Yeah. Is the acting of a higher caliber?
0: Well, I mean, obviously he's great. Um, the other characters, like I was saying, I, in yeah,
2: looks really, really like a great actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Not super impressed with any of the characters I've met so far and Giancarlo, mm-hmm. like he's always great. You know, he's a little bit, uh, it's, everything is a little bit different flavor of, uh, Gus ring, right? Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. A bit. He kind of has a thing that he does. He does it really well, but it's, you know, I wouldn't say he is of an actor of like huge range these days that we get to <laughs> see. Um, so like, I'm enjoying it, totally fun, but maybe maybe it's because i have playing Ghost of Tsushima so recently and that's a really exceptional open world mm. action adventure game with a really unique setting. Mm. So maybe it just feels coming off of that Far Cry well, 6 feels more like a game that was much more common in the Xbox 360 and PS3 era that was a little bit more of a cookie-cutter sort of mid-tier release that you'd see peppered, you know, all throughout the year. I your uh, your Kanan Lynch's, that's mm-hmm. that sort of level well, of game. But part of what sets it apart
3: is there's not that many games that do this sort of open-world, you know, million icons on the map that are also a first-person shooter. And that's, that's sort right. of like this unique space that Far Cry, like it is materially different than like Ghosts and The Witcher and like the other games that people think of when they picture that kind of game in that way. And like, it's sort of it's what I was saying before, like, are you in the mood for it? And like, I, I think I am. It's no different than like, oh, do you want sushi for dinner tonight? And you have to think about mm-hmm. it for a and you You're like, <laughs> yes,
1: that <laughs> well, sounds that had great. The last three nights, but also sushi is amazing. So, yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. So I could do 40, 45 hours of sushi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah there you go for me i <laughs> it's think i'll probably the new IGN rating scale. <laughs> <laughs> how much sushi
3: this, yeah there's no chance I, yeah. all you can eat <laughs> there's um there's no chance i won't blast through metroid first but yeah i think i'm going to give far cry 6 a shot because it's been i'm not sure i've played a big open world game like this since since ghosts There what? is
1: one thing that i really like it's a very basic um more of an accessibility uh, mechanic than a gameplay mechanic. And I didn't play 5, so I don't know if it was in 5, um, but it felt like unique as far as, because I'm the first thing I do when I load up a game is I go to the settings, I up the brightness, mm. uh, I turn subtitles on if they're mm-hmm. not already automatically mm-hmm. on, um, and then I change the range to where dialogue is the highest, mm-hmm. then is sound effects, then is music. It's about 180, 70. Me too. Um, that's awesome, because like, it gets way too loud. And I, I really appreciate, so Far Cry 6 also has this, but I really appreciate games that also have that dynamic range um, for audio, So it, which basically means like how much of a range is there going to be between the loudest and the quietest noise, because um, mm. those things are always way too, way too off-putting. Um, but I really like that they, that there are accessibility options for um, enemy outlines and item outlines. Enemy outlines feels a little bit, so I'll probably turn that on point, but mm. item outlines are an absolute must. Otherwise, I'm like a bomb sniffing dog on every <laughs> corner of every level looking for every item. So this is a, you know, it's a it's a nice little lifestyle upgrade. Um, mm. And then they have accessibility options for uh, what they call like important nearby sounds, um, mm. which so far has been distracting, but interesting. So like, if there's a fire going, you can hear it. If there's an enemy talking, there's a tank going by. Um, obviously, you know, more for the hard of hearing, but uh, it's just interesting to see like how that might impact how you strategize since it is, yeah. or it can be a stealth game.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I'm having a hard time with the stealth part of it. Maybe it just co- coming off the <laughs> death loop. I don't know if yeah. enemies are just less forgiving in Far Cry, but I'm, I'm just getting uh, caught left and right everywhere. And mm-hmm. then just have to like, ah! Hey,
1: how are you? Hi.
0: <laughs> I do like the weapons are sh- one of the things that I do really like about it. They get silly with the weapons very early on uh yeah, one of the first things you get tina do you agree you get you get this like backpack rocket launcher that you can only use you know you have to like after you use it, it has a recharge but it'll the rockets it fires like 10 rockets and they target any enemy around you even like a helicopter Ooh. or a tank Ooh, it's great that's useful yeah i haven't mm-hmm. i'm not
1: there yet but that gives me something to look forward to for that's sure.
0: it's great and then you recharge it by killing enemies so that's super fun did well, you ideal. get did you get the crossbow the like bolt crossbow tina
1: no not yet but i love crossbows that's definitely going to be a mainstay in the inventory
0: it's great it's like it's like hit kill for every it's a shot. one hit kill thing Ooh, yes. and it's like the um what's the half-life 2 gun that's like that it's like a crossbow that's just a big oh. bolt and it'll pin enemies to walls yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> does it do that yeah it does that it's like <laughs> and it, it like sends enemies like Amazing. flying and you get it you get it really really early on in is the that
2: game. how real crossbows work <laughs>
1: i
0: will pretty say sure. though
1: for um a plus one to its stealth ability over Deathloop loop is the tagging system is so much easier it's always mm. been not that Deathloop loop is a franchise but far cry has always been pretty easy in that sense yeah um you literally just pull up your camera and it just pretty much yeah. auto tags everything as opposed to death loop it expires and also you have to hit a button for each and also sometimes you can like if you hit If you try to tag somebody who's right next to the other one, it can untag that guy. And then you're like, oh great, I got to do the whole thing all over again. So Mm -hmm. there's a bonus. Mm
0: -hmm. I think people who haven't played Far Cry in a while, like Justin, I think they're Mm -hmm. really going to enjoy it. We actually have an email from John in Squamish, British Columbia. He's along the same lines. Um, He says, I just played my first three hours of Far Cry 6. I gotta tell you, I'm impressed. I was a huge fan of the series. Far Cry 2 was one of my favorite gaming experiences of all time. My roommate and I used to pass the controller, stay up all night exploring the game. I love the tone, quiet tension, and serious setting in Africa. I love the exploration. He kind of goes on and on and on. Uh, Then he says, I disagree with the general consensus on gaming sites and podcasts that Far Cry 3 is the favorite and best one. I played through the campaign at least twice. The gameplay loop was more polished and more refined than it had been in Far Cry 2. The map was awesome. Securing strongholds and checkpoints was super fun. I love the mechanical improvements to the gameplay. However, uh, like I've heard some Omega Cops say, I'm not a big fan of story in games. For me, it's all about gameplay. And the story in Far Cry 3 was implausible and ridiculous, not to mention that unbearable idiot, Voss. That's an unpopular opinion. So he says, I took most of the Xbox One generation off from gaming. Had a new family, new business. Not until the pandemic lockdown did I dust off my 360, play something other than GTA 5 or FIFA 14. Locked inside for two weeks, I played 70 hours of Fallout New Vegas. When my March 2020 quarantine was over, I ordered an Xbox One. I had a lot to catch up on a backlog like you wouldn't believe, or maybe you would. I'd played nothing for seven years. Thanks to the only video game podcast, I was able to clue into what kinds of things I had missed about Far Cry 5, but in the mix with other games like Titanfall 2, Red Dead 2, Witcher 3, Doom, and Sekiro, I bounced off Far Cry 5 pretty quickly. Just wasn't that compelling, lots of sameness, too many icons all over the map. Now I'm 40. I'm a real adult. I am no longer a one-console man. I have a Series X, PS4, and a Switch. I'm falling into that demographic you described. Lifelong gamer. listens to every episode of the podcast. Far Cry 6 is the first game this fall season that was on my purchase shortlist, and I have to say I'm really excited. After one evening, the weapons are great. The crocodile is a trip. The game looks amazing. (laughs) The small tweaks to the Far Cry formula seem to be working. Three hours and no tower climbing. I actually never really minded the tower climbing. Anyway, also that's me, Damon speaking. Now back to John. Also, I'm prepared for the story to be completely dumb and the tone and the tone unbalanced. Fun, goofy gameplay mixed in with murderous, grim cutscenes. This could be the start of a fine fall season. Thanks for the great show. I never miss an episode now since taking it up in March of 2020. Uh, at work at my job site, I have lots of podcast listening time. Oh yeah, yeah. I think people out there who haven't played Far Cry in a while are going to have a lot of fun with Far Cry Six. On the other end this week, Metroid Dread is finally out and Sam reviewed that and Sam gave it a nine amazing, which is great to hear, because leading up to the release, Sam was having a hard time getting excited for it.
2: Yeah, part of the stuff that they showed leading into this game, I remember talking about this on Game GameScoop where uh, I was like, yeah, they keep on showing these like robot, you know, pursuing battles and mm-hmm. uh, Emmy." Th- th- Emmy. Yeah, yeah. And I was like really worried. And I think Damon, you've brought this up before, too. Uh, I think you actually said this, are they like tyrants in Resident Evil? Are they like always hmm. chasing you? Because that would really change the feel of Metroid, right? But they're not. Those are just like um, <clears throat> contained stealth areas that you can go into and come out of just fine and you can take care of them, each one of them eventually. It's cool. That's not even the game, though. The game is just giant Metroid bosses that you need to be strong enough to beat and finding collectibles and new paths and ways to get to areas and solving, you know, what the next thing to do is. And it just really excels at that. It's just it's it feels like a Metroid game that I really wish we had in 2003. So that meant that we would have, you know, ten more by now because there's Hmm. just been such a lull in getting these games. And it was great to get a remake of two, but having a new 2D Metroid like I didn't really think that was going to happen unless there yeah. was some you know big change and, you know this is a this is a spanish team that worked on this game with uh with uh, core Nintendo people including uh, Sakamoto who has been in the series you know since the start um feels great feels like a a triple a Nintendo game in in uh, 2D and like uh that's really cool 2D gameplay mm
0: mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm just I'm so excited to play it now that you uh, gave it such a high recommendation because you also reviewed Return of Samus right?
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and that game actually like it's the same funny, developer, the same developer. Yeah, if you if you are uh, I kind of reviewed my review to think about like what I quibbles with. One of the things was that playing on the 3ds, th- this game and that game both have like fighting game style combat in, in parts. Like your gun is very reduced in terms of being, um, you know, just something you can just spray it and move on with, like, you usually have to counter attacks or slide or jump over things and dash, there's a dash and a double jump and stuff. A lot of the bosses require you to basically treat it like Smash Brothers. Mm. Um, On the 3DS, they were kind of like getting there and it was so fast and everything. And it sucked on those like little shoulder buttons and on the little screen. Like it just wasn't made for that because you always had to hold like two shoulder buttons and do all your stuff. It just wasn't working. This one, man, like like, I would totally saddle it up in, in uh, for each time I played a boss. For each time I had to do a really difficult platforming run, of which there are collectibles, really fun ones. Um, and uh, I would use the Pro Controller, and it was so awesome. The Pro Controller mm-hmm. felt so good.
0: Well, so Nintendo, is, Nintendo said, this is the end, right? <clears throat> this is the end of... Eh,
2: man, it's so funny. They, they, yeah. uh, they, they're saying it's the fifth game in the Metroid series
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, of the mainline series, and it's the end of a storyline, right? So, like, what does that mean? Well, I, I said in my review, it's crazier than you think. <laughs> like, it's completely crazy, but it's also like like this game lets you just be alone and hunt and, and be hunted um, most of the game. Like it's not like it's not like this other M type thing where it's like story, 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 story. You should care about this. It's not like that. So it's like think about like how Super Metroid told a story like it did. It told a story, mm-hmm. but like it told it because, you know, Metroid games and because it could use a light touch. And yeah, there's some cool stuff in this game. I like how it takes place in like Chozo Ruins and everything. That's like my favorite setting for Metroid. It connects Samus so yeah, to like her past as like a little kid growing up with this alien race, which I think is a cool backstory. That's my favorite stuff about Prime and Zero Mission. That's what this game has the most of. And I think that's great.
0: Justin, you're excited to dive into Dread? Dude, I'm so excited.
3: Um, I was Super I, I, Metroid's your favorite game, right? Super Metroid is my favorite game. And if I'm being honest, I think I've talked about this on Scoop. Like I was kind of skeptical that Nintendo and Mercury Steam would pull it off. Um mm-hmm. it's not that impressed with Samus Returns. I like Samus Returns is a totally good, like very good video game, but it didn't feel like special or exceptional yeah. or like a big return special to like mm-hmm, exactly. And so um seeing them sort of punch up into big Triple A, like the Switch is Nintendo's home console, uh, you know, their only console now, like I, I wasn't sure they could do it. And I'm so yeah. happy and so relieved to uh, to see that, um, you know, that they that they were able to get it done and yeah. um, and that everyone's so impressed with the boss fights and that everyone just like all the so positive, fun. like just that Samus's movement is so fluid and interesting. Like the franchise doesn't seem to be have fallen into a trap of like they just have to repeat like play the hits over and over again. Like, you know, Samus, she moves very, very differently and has a really different skill set than she does. in you know, super and infusion and in zero mission. Um, And and even the franchise's willingness to, you know, this is 2.5 D and they've done traditional 2D and traditional 3D, like not very many long running franchises um, manage to strike that balance of presenting you a new remixed vision of what you liked and enjoyed twenty or thirty years ago. And well, actually, come to think of it, Zelda and Mario are two yeah. other games that have also done that really well. And maybe it's kind of non Nintendo studios. Like yeah. I don't know, like a franchise like Halo feels kind of trapped to me in its past, whereas like Metroid um, doesn't. And I'm so
0: excited to play. Yeah, it's crazy that you, that you mentioned that to think of what Nintendo has done software wise on the Switch. At, you know. At, 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 if not the best, one of the best Zelda games ever made. I think the best Mario platformer ever, the best Mario Kart, the best Metroid, maybe. Like, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's well, really and firing on all cylinders.
2: Metroid Prime is the best Metroid. And well, I'm excited. And like, And people like Super Metroid, too.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm excited about even the lore and storyline implications. Like, you know, Sam's right. Super, it's, under, it's super understated. It's never besides Other M, which sounds like is ignored or like non-canon or like you know if you count five metroid games there's metroid one two and three and fusion and well i guess Mm -hmm. maybe other m they're considering part of that too then what's the fifth metroid game are they saying it's other m
2: just no it's metroid game boy metroid uh-huh, Super Nintendo I... Metroid, Fusion yeah. is four. Oh, and this
3: is Fusion five. and then this is five. Got it. So um but they have sort of built up kind of interesting lore and an interesting sci-fi world, um, and these uh uh you know killer aliens. Um, and I'm interested to see where the storyline goes. I also I'm really excited and pumped that Nintendo didn't fall into the trap of long running franchises end up being afraid to set things you know next and continue advancing the story and even metroid was like no we're going to do a, pr- a trilogy of prequels and like mm-hmm. long-running franchises get trapped in prequel land forever and and they weren't even afraid to just you know advance this lore and storyline that they kicked off you know how many years ago fusion came out
0: mm-hmm. I'm pumped. tina i know you just started far cry 6 are you going to check out metroid dread
1: i Way, depending <laughs> on uh, how it, it's mostly honestly I get we all actually get swept up in releases and mm-hmm. there are a couple other things coming out soon um, <clears throat> that I suspect will capture my attention like Back for Blood is a big Back one Blood, for me yeah. yeah. and I was really excited about Alan Wake remastered um, mm-hmm. but then Tristan's review kind mm-hmm. of dampened things for me a little bit because I could totally see even before playing the game I could totally see what he's saying um, about it kind of being antiquated overall
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, you know, who knows? I was a big Alan Wake fan, and I actually never got to finish the main story because uh, there, was a, there was a bad set of circumstances and a lack of battery situation going on, and I couldn't backtrack well enough, so I was just a little bit stuck at a mm-hmm. point of time, um, and I always wanted to revisit it. So depending on how all that goes and all of our commitments to staying on top of new releases yeah. may or may not stick in there. I'm just uh, I'm not great at like perfectionism gameplay, and I don't know how much Metroid Dread... Um, follows in the path of its history but if it's very particular mm. particularly with the boss fights it um know, yeah, i might yeah that's what i suspected so
2: i <laughs> yeah, might fall off of it you know what i'm actually kind of um like i'm kind of envious of of all the games that have like like the, the settings you were mentioning in far cry specifically i think that's super important for games to have metroid is is interesting for nintendo there's they did not put in anything at the start but normal so normal is is it's it's a yeah. very difficult game. So you know, like there's nothing for you. They just not like you know, Luigi's not gonna pop in and beat the level <laughs> for you. Like <laughs> that's surprising for Nintendo. Like yeah. I think it's surprising. And it's yeah, and and you can't drop it into difficulty or anything. You you can unlock it harder difficulty, and I've started mm-hmm. it on that. Um, that just sounds insane to me. I, I mean, I'm just curious to what they what they ratcheted up, because like everything is already takes like your entire stock of missiles to beat. And that's yeah. one of the criticisms I had is that like. Things, things don't really ammo doesn't really matter in this game, even though that's like the main collectible in it, Like you <laughs> need to wait for your quick time events and do those right. You
3: know? but it's, it really-
1: it's a series built for for people who seek out profession perfectionism in their own skills. Um, and I'm less enthused by that. So I'm happy it exists for the mm. people who, you know, get fulfillment out of those types of games. Um, and I do to an extent too, like I like to be, I like to do perfect stealth runs for instance, but there's yeah. just a very different pace to something like that. Um, like as to, while playing far cry six, there's, it's not as big of a problem in far cry six, but some ladders are really terrible, uh, in games. Mm. And, you know, I get into panicky moments where I'm supposed to go from point A to point B undetected oh or, or like while a lot like, you know, remain alive throughout. And then it's that that geometry moment of like mm-hmm. you trying to grapple onto the ladder. So I panic <laughs> too much. I panic too much for a game like Metroid Dread uh, to, to yeah. you know, proficiently get through the whole thing, I imagine. I mean, did you, really- you guys ever
2: play a Metroid in which um, you did like the 100% run where it has the um, speed booster and shine spark puzzles? Do you know what those are? Hmm. Like, yeah, basically, like you don't, you like, it's you don't like, need them
3: to 100% the game. No, so
2: this game has them back and they're so cool. It's like basically there's an impossible thing you have to do. And it's you know, you, but the thing is with that with that, those puzzles is that you're running faster than normal. And if you stop or hit anything, you lose your fast speed. So it's like this insane puzzle to wrap your head around. Where you have to be absolutely perfect through this giant area that's like a perfect touch speed run obstacle course. It's like speed running the first level of Super Mario Brothers one. Like that's what it's like. Hmm. You know, you can't stop. You have to hit everything perfect, and then you get your thing. Like that's that's the type of stuff where you build to by the end of this Metroid, and that's what I love about Zero Mission. And so that's why I'm really happy about the the the, the, the late game in this. Can't wait for people to do that
3: yeah i i think that the lack of accessibility options side i mean is really a reflection of who this game is for right like nintendo is so not afraid to be like you want to skip this boss you want to skip this whole level like sure go ahead games are for everybody like we don't care you know but like there it's a signal for who this game's intended for
0: like Mm -hmm. you know and um and that 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 so they still
2: don't want to sell metroid
3: games
0: Well, yeah, I don't know. like I, I was saying recently, this seems to be a much bigger marketing push for this one than they usually do for any yeah. Metroid. So yeah. maybe this one will be a success for them. Uh, well,
2: you can use our strategy guide for it. I'll give yeah. you
0: that. Cool. I didn't have that. Do you want to, sh- Sam, do you want to show it arrived in the mail?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I got the, um, this just came and I ordered this from Best Buy and it came today. So that's <laughs> cool. But I got the special edition. And today's you know, Thursday, is the out. day
0: before the game. Oh, out. yeah, sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like, it's. It's like that weird thing where sometimes you get a game early It's <laughs> Uh I'm excited. There's nothing that special in this, though. It's the, the steel book, art, art book and art card. So you know what? It's staying in the box.
0: <laughs> I mean, the you've box. already beaten the game, so. Yeah.
1: yeah. But now you'll never know if there's some hidden insert, some special hidden insert.
2: Yeah, you got me in my head. hmm. Got to buy two every time. Maybe I can carefully open it like a thief.
0: <laughs> Well, I'm excited to play Metro dread uh, there's too much to play. All of a sudden I've got to, I, I have to figure out what my plan of attack is going to be, cause I do want to play more far cry. And then I was also enjoying, uh, the, uh, Castlevania Advance collection. And mm-hmm. then it's also spooky season. And there's a bunch of like spooky games I would like to play, but yeah. trying to keep on top of these new like games. zookeeper. Yeah. I'm super
1: a, spooky.
0: I'm about hundred level 145 on zookeeper. Jeez. You can put like
1: a magician's hat on a crocodile in that game. So spooky!
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a type of Halloween.
1: So that's a game that I'm angling to perfect. As Justin knows, I uh, mm-hmm. I may have hit level two hundred. Oh um, my gosh! So <laughs> yeah, when does oh, it like end? Years ago. Does it ever? Yeah, it does. It? And then it does. And then it says, well, they say that there's like more levels incoming because you can actually unlock more animals. So there, it's mm. it's plotted out. There's a plan for more levels to come. So. I'm I'm am no. sitting waiting for that to happen but in the interim I'm going back and making sure making sure I got gold stars and all the levels I didn't
0: That's get gold the thing stars. too, yeah. The mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the game
3: doesn't stop. The game doesn't end, it stops. That's yeah. the difference. At level 200 it's just like there's no there's no more video game <laughs> anymore. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to unlock some animal at 270, but it doesn't exist yet.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm, getting up, I'm getting up there. I think I'm at 170-something. Oh, Zookeeper's nice. is, Zookeeper is on the Game of the Year shortlist.
1: Nice. nice. It gets harder towards the end. Like oh, yeah. They just throw every yeah. single yeah. mechanic that they have at you.
0: They, they it, just, is, it, it is some bullshit. They just introduced yeah. mud to me. Now there's mud oh, uh, I have to do.
1: I hate yeah, the mud. Mud is the worst. the worst. It's like, what happened to my cherry bomb? It's stuck in the mud now somehow. because That thing never ceases to grow. I,
3: hate I already the mud, feel bad hate
2: for the real birds. It's for yeah. animals.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Except for the pigs. They like it.
2: That's true. Uh, OK. So they're telling me. Let's
0: move on to some news this week. Konami is inviting indie developers to make new games based on some of its classic series. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit odd. It's called the Action and <clears throat> Shooting Game Contest. Uh, they can be remakes or sequels. They can pick out a single character or mechanic from a past game. They can even change or combine genres that might have not have been in the originals. And this contest is running until January 2nd, 2022. It includes games from uh, Gradius, Star Soldier. That was a Konami series? Twin Twinbee, oh. uh, Goemon, Nightmare, that's with a, with a K, and others. There's a full list at this official official entry page, but the list is in Japanese. So... I don't know. Our IGN's news article didn't mention like Contra or Castlevania, so it might not include those games. It might be. I I hear Metal Gear's up for grabs. Well, there's that too.
3: (laughs) I I think I think this is awesome. Like you know, we know like we we and gamers all over the world sort of make fun of Konami and how much they've fallen off. But the company makes pachinko machines. Like they're a big multi million dollar company that has this whole other thing going on besides AAA games. And they 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 didn't hide the fact that, like, no, we are pulling out of the AAA game business. That's not a business that we are going to be in as a company anymore. And so I actually really respect and like them saying, um, you know, indie developers, like, let's make a deal. Like, do you have a vision for a Goemon game? Like, we want to work with you to revive it and bring it back. Like, I, it's sad that Konami internally isn't doing it, but like... But I think it's great. Like, and I, it's great. And I actually respect them for sort of like opening the doors and saying, come on in, like, show us what you can do with these beloved properties. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'd like to see an indie Twinbee game. 100%. Indie Twinbee.
1: I, I think it's super cool. It, it's super weird. Um, yeah. Not completely unprecedented. I mean, I guess for, you know, a, a former publisher <clears throat> or a publisher coming from former glory, perhaps. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's unprecedented in that field. But, you know, there's tons of game jams out there and the idea is that you're tapping into a wide range of talent and like you know seeing what fits and even if certain things don't exactly work it's it's interesting inspiration it's interesting to have it have been created um and exposed to people and i think it you know spurs inspiration in other people hopefully so and i especially like the idea that they're encouraging people to combine genres because that's something that like made borderlands a big hit before you know Mm. this combo of rpg and shooter became a bit of a staple in the industry too so i think it's it's an opportunity for some really creative um Mm. creative works from from some new voices and i think it's really cool that they're (laughs) open-minded to that it's just like i i can't imagine like nintendo you know having that sort of perspective Uh so i really like that it bucks that trend that it's you know that there's not this singular focus on just um you know securing the ip and protecting the ip and and worrying mm-hmm. about those sorts of things it, it it's it's art for the sake of art which is so much more cool
0: i mean Konami to probably the
3: vault forever you know and, yeah. and these games are never going to come out of the vault again it's like nah man like let people have fun with you know the stuff that you own yeah.
0: konami probably doesn't have the internal talent anymore to even make these games like even like the collections like the castlevania advanced collection is done by m2 you know they're all outsourced well what if they're, if they're Cas...
1: reviewed badly you can just be like well we didn't make it <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah be... it's, it's genius so
2: they, and they have like ega I- I- uh making ca- eight castlevania games that Blood are cool but they're like you know th- they're they probably want a slice of that right
0: yeah it's interesting when i was playing uh, some of uh, the castlevania advanced collection like circle of the moon it'd been so long since i played that but i've more recently played bloodstained so only now do I see, like, how closely they copied <laughs> everything they possibly could without any sort of copyright infringement into Blood Saints. Like, all the same yeah. enemies and, like, you know, elements <laughs> of the castle, backgrounds and everything. It's really yeah. it's really funny.
2: Uh, it um, reminds me. Cam,
0: what do you think? Oh,
2: well, I, I think it's a funny idea to think that, like, because, you know, you go to Japan, like, there's... Uh, Not only the Pachinko stuff, but Konami runs like a series of gyms and Mm
1: -hmm. they have
2: arcades and like all all these other Mm -hmm. businesses. Right. And so I can just feel like what happened They're like you have this big board meeting Mm -hmm. and, you know, somebody walks in with uh, these Santa bags and they drop them down. They're like, we're really sick of getting these letters about Contra sequels. Can someone (laughs) please do something about this? And so they just had to solve that problem. There was just too much fan mail asking for another Contra. And so this is what they had to do. Well, Morris I' have, be great.
0: I actually have a theory um, yeah. as Jess was saying, you know uh, Konami made no secret. it was getting out of the AAA A game business probably ten years or so ago. They still had Pro Evo, which is now e football, and then yeah. there was the odd release, like that terrible contra game that came out a couple of years ago. but in general, they're more focused on their pachinko business and their gym business and then a pandemic happened and I could see that those oh, sides of their business more, being yeah. heavily impacted, and they'll think, well, what else can we do? We've got this mm-hmm. legacy you've uh, got video game properties. So now you've mm-hmm. got this contest, uh, finding indie developers to resurrect their, their old titles. and there's also rumors that the it's bigger titles. Konami is trying to revive New Castlevania, Metal Gear and Silent Hill games as well. So mm-hmm. that's my theory. Yeah. I mean the pandemic has you know. forced them to get back into video games
3: structuring it as a contest has the potential to be a little bit exploitive or maybe not so great. So we'll have to see how the details shake out there. But like there's a history of like the Sonic Mania started as a Sonic fan game. Right. And, and you know, know it's cool. Yeah. As an indie developer making their own Sonic game. And I feel like I have so much respect for Sega where, Mm -hmm. you know, 99 percent of their game companies would have sent them a cease and desist. Then Sega instead called them up and was like, hey, like, let's, you know, let's make a Sonic game. And so, like, hopefully this takes a little bit more of that, that kind of approach of, uh, you know, embracing and doing right by these teams that uh, want to resurrect these dormant franchises.
2: I feel like I could make a Gradius. I mean, come on. What about Rocket Knight? I've never played Rocket Knight. Hopefully we'll get a
0: new, hopefully we'll get a new Rocket Knight out of this. Is that an
3: armadillo or something? Uh oh, he's a he's a little he's got long ears. I can picture
0: him. I think is a he a dog. possum? Is he a possum? What oh, is rocket? What is not. the rocket knight? Rocket
3: knight. Rocket knight's a, a total nasty.
0: dog, isn't it? A puppy? Oh Looking man, now I feel terrible. I don't just know what rocket is. I
2: think all those all those animals from that mascot era had to be something
3: kind of weird, right? He's definitely a mammal. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. A he's mammal.
3: a possum. A possum knight.
0: Thank you. Is that because he has like a tail that he uses to swing around and stuff? He does have a gross looking Not tail. Not like, to be confused right. with the TurboGrafx-16 mascot, Awesome Possum.
2: <laughs> well, I'm very confused by that.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, possums really punch above their weight in pop culture for how like g- gross and unimportant that animal is in reality. <laughs> They're all over the place in like comic books and stuff.
0: Yeah. I call the big one bitey. Let's check, <laughs> Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Glenn Kirby or Curbzilla in Barnsley, England did. And he says, I know it's the Scoop Crew's job to keep up <clears throat> with the latest games. Did you ever feel like you were losing touch with your favorite games? I've been thinking about the games I'd like to replay with the purpose of having a collection. Why have a collection if you don't revisit it? And how is that possible? You're constantly snapping up the latest games. Because of this, I've decided to stop buying indie games until I've caught up in my back catalog and only get AAA games for birthdays, Christmas, et cetera. I wonder how the the Scoop crew balances these two things and and manages their back catalog. Mm.
1: Remains to be seen.
0: (laughs) Remains to be seen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, work in progress. I was actually reflecting on this recently because I noticed that my... I was looking through my PS5 library, which allegedly includes my PS4 library. Mm -hmm. Um, And it does, technically, but there are a (laughs) lot of locked games. Yeah. So, like, half of them randomly are locked, and I I haven't quite figured it out. I think it's because I had multiple PS4s, and maybe I have to sign out of them, and there's something to do with, I don't know, primary PS4, primary PS5, whatever. I have not diagnosed the problem yet, but I was reflecting on, okay, so now I'm locked out of some of my PS4 games on my PS5. But realistically, would I have gone back and played any of these anyway? And I want to think yes, because there are a lot of games that I really enjoyed. And I think it's interesting to revisit media in general. Like I'll watch a movie many years after watching it for the first time and I'll notice details I hadn't the first time around, or, you know, my memory will have waned in that period. Mm. And so it's almost like watching it for the first time. Um, obviously games are a much bigger commitment, but I used to Mm. replay Portal 2 because it's one of my all time favorites. Fairly regularly, like maybe mm-hmm. every other year or so you will have, it's enough time to have forgotten some of the puzzles. So that's actually a so, bit of a challenge <clears> again, but mm. I just feel really guilty if I go to, to play an old, that's why I like when they remaster games like this GTA trilogy, I'm really excited about because it gives me the excuse that I need to play mm-hmm. something that's technically new. And topical that we mm-hmm. can talk about on Game Scoop at that's some point. That's what's important, Game Scoop. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I genuinely model a lot of my like gaming habits to make sure we're all up to date for the, for these for these episodes and keep people yep. uh, in the know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I always feel guilty if I revisit um, older titles, but that's very unique to us in our particular
0: jobs. I yeah, feel we
2: play new games and read old magazines.
0: <laughs> but I, so I agree. <laughs> I, that's true. I agree. I feel the same way as Tina. I want to stay on top of stuff for the purposes of this show. However, I feel like it sort of resets every Thursday evening after we record this, so like Friday and over the weekend, maybe I can, I feel better about going back to older stuff, but as the new episode approaches, so like. A lot of like last night and today I was playing a lot of far cry. Like I gotta, I gotta play enough so I can speak to it. That sort of thing. Mm -hmm.
1: That's a good way to do it. Fraction Mm. off the week. Yeah. There's like. Damon Hatfield, GameScoop host, and then there's Damon Hatfield, normal guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that true?
2: <laughs> now I've seen Damon outside of work before, and I feel like he's basically the same. It's the headphones.
0: That's the weird I, thing. Just always wearing the headphones. Yeah. yeah,
1: he always he also always greets us with "What's up, everybody?" Sam, yeah. and Tina, and Justin. <laughs> yep. yep, it's true. Um,
2: I, uh, I would, if I, if I have time to play back catalog quote unquote games, they're never Mm -hmm. ones from like this recent generation. I feel like they're like a game like Rocket Knight, we were just talking about, where like, well, I'm always sourcing old game cartridges and I'm always trying to find old stuff to play. And there's things that people have told me about over the years that are like their favorite games. I'm like, I want to try those. And those might go back really far. And those are usually smaller games, but there's like totally, you know, that, that's where I would land if I, if I did. And, uh, I do the same practice that Tina was just referring to where I look at all of the games I have in like my digital platforms or my old shelves and stuff. And like, there's, mm-hmm. there's very little likelihood I'll want to go back in those. But sometimes I see something that catches my eye and I'm like, I really wish I could replay that. It, it just had such a good feel when I played it the first time. And I would love to play it again. Measured Prime is one of those right now. I really want to play Measured Prime. That's all I want to do. And um, just, that's just a really bad idea for me to do that right now. <laughs> do you have a convenient way to play that? Yeah, well, I have the Metroid Prime trilogy, um, which was released for the Wii.
0: Right. Which have, like,
2: I. Well, you don't have those hooked up, right? Like, yes, you'd have to hook up no. <laughs> the little I,
0: sensor and. I, get your yeah. You hook up the
2: Wii U with the Wii <laughs>
3: sensor bar and play it that way, yeah. I suppose.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: I mean, like my favorite games of all time, you know, Super Metroid Symphony of the Night, Monkey Ball, Advance Wars. Like I haven't played them in years, years and years and years. With the exception of Super Metroid, like that's the only one. Monkey Ball, dude, you're playing it right now. Probably played it 15 minutes ago. (laughs) I was watching you
1: play it right now. Yeah. Is that why you're tilting
3: your head like this? When when the camera was on Damon, I was sneaking in a quick, a quick level. no but prior to the re-release right like that game was trapped on the gamecube and i probably hadn't played it in a decade um i don't i don't have any hang-ups about that um part of me knows that that you know like if i dig out symphony of the night like maybe it's not going to feel as special or incredible as it felt you know in my memories and so i'm i'm fine yeah probably (laughs) i'm fine to have those games live in my memories um i'm also not precious about like if i want to replay them like okay like what modern way can i download them and play them but um you know, I don't know. Like, I still have a fondness and appreciation for those games, and they live on in my mind.
0: That's why these remakes or, or re-releases are great. Yeah, it's free pass it to is. play something old. Haven't played yeah. Monkey Ball since GameCube. Well, there's a new release out this week. No problem. Yeah. Oh man,
3: <laughs> our, our reviewer is right though. Like a lot of those levels really are bullshit. Um, and I. I <laughs> I but they're that, your bullshit, it, Justin. It's true. No, like, there's no, there's definitely, like, rationalization that has to happen where, like, I don't care that, like, this portion of this game is not good. I don't care. It's not rational. Like, <laughs> it's an irrational love at some point, and it's just become a part of my identity. But, like, there's that level. There's a level called Switches where there's 20 or 25 switches on the ground and only one of them raises up the goal. And the other ones send this giant paddle swinging towards you that knocks you off the stage. And there's no clue and no hint for which is which. And am just like, This is terrible. This is a terrible bad level in what remains my fourth favorite game of all time. Like a- <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. Just don't worry about that stuff so much. What are, what are two and three? Um, so it's Super Metroid, mm-hmm. Symphony of the Night, right. Super Mario sixty four, okay, and then and then you get Advance Wars and Monkey Ball are my top five.
2: Oh There's my god, bullshit in all those
3: games! So Advance Wars is yeah. coming
0: back too. So we'll be able to play that
3: one. That was why at E three, everyone's like check in on Justin. Is he okay? <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a big one for me, me and only me.
0: Uh, okay, one more email this week from Randall. He says this is the question mainly for Justin. Because I remember he mentioned a while back he plays Gloomhaven. The digital version of the board game is about to have its full release with the campaign story mode, and I was wondering what his thoughts are on the game and if he is playing it.
3: Mm, Yeah, I I really, I just wrote a big thing. I've been running a newsletter about tabletop games and board games just for fun outside of work, because I don't Get a chance to write as much for work anymore and it's crazy this letter came in because i just wrote a whole big thing on how i don't like digital adaptations of board games yeah. um the physicality of the components and the game feel uh has such an impact on how much fun you have with the game um there's a really fun board game called cartographers where uh you, you're basically making a map as a, of a fantasy land as you play and when you play the board game you know you're drawing it in you're drawing little trees and drawing little houses and I bought the game on my iPad and like it's so much less fun to just like, you know, just to plop down the things on your iPad where you're not actually sketching it out with a pencil or with markers or whatever. Um, I do have Gloomhaven on Steam and, and, and here's the thing about Gloomhaven is that's a very uh, fiddly game. Um, it's the most beloved board game of all time. It's number one on board game geek geek. I think it's ranking is well-deserved, like it deserves the praise, but, um, there's a lot of upkeep and things right. to keep track of. And when you cast spells in that game, sometimes it creates an element like, oh, now there's wind in the room or fire in the room or whatever. And then that element can be spent to like amplify a magic spell but in the tabletop game, I don't think I've ever once remembered. It's always three <laughs> turns later, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" There's supposed to be like a fire element in the room right now, and I don't ever remember to run that yeah. part of the game. Mm-hmm. And so, digital board games definitely have to strike a balance between mm-hmm. um, between how much is it just the the you know there's a game called Tabletop Simulator that doesn't automate. Anything, it's just here is the board game but in digital form, and then you still have to run everything and flip over all the cards and do it all yourself. Mm. Versus at the extreme other end of the spectrum, um, Gloomhaven Digital is it's a it's just a video game, like it automates everything, every element of the game. Like it feels like Final Fantasy Tactics, like mm. you know, it doesn't feel like a board game at all. Mm. Um, and so it's, um, I don't know, I'm not really building up to too much of a point here, except <laughs> that. I I, I kind of reject and don't like digital versions of board games. Um, if you are going to make one, you should probably do it the way Gloomhaven does it and just swing the pendulum all the way into like now, nah, like we just made we just turned it into a full on video game. Um, and then it just feels like a tactics, like a hex based tactics game. That's that's it's better really, for really learning good. it. It's a cool tool. Yeah. And, you know, and there's a pandemic where everyone's been socially isolated and, Mm -hmm. you know, digital board games have been a lifeline for them. And they've been an economic lifeline for the creators of these games that uh, that the whole industry didn't collapse in on itself. So, you know, none of that's lost on me. But for me personally, it's not
2: it's not for me. I didn't realize we were going to do what you've been bored in, but I have one, too. So toss to me after.
0: Well, Randall yeah, no, let's Randall also had a, a broader oh. question. What does the panel think of board games getting digital versions? And do you have a favorite mm-hmm. one? And I just wanted to say, that's interesting that Justin's um, not as into digital versions of board games. I'm not a big board game guy like Justin is, but in the glory days of Xbox Live Arcade, remember mm-hmm. they were putting out stuff like Carcassonne and Settlers yeah, of Catan, mm-hmm. And yeah. I had never played those <clears throat> games before. I first experienced them through Xbox Live Arcade, and I Same. loved them. Uh, and I've since gone on to actually buy the physical versions too. So mm-hmm. it was actually, it was definitely served as a, some sort of a gateway. The digital versions were like a gateway for me into the physical versions.
3: Absolutely, like, was I legit
0: have well. problems
2: learning these games. They're so difficult when I play them with friends. So it's like, it really does help me to have a digital one to, to learn. Mm-hmm. What do you doing, anyway, Sam? My digital game thing is that I am playing a game that's been adapted from the digital realm, which is uh, Animal Crossing Monopoly. Which is fantastic. It is not Monopoly. It is a completely different rule set. There is no currency or anything like that. It's just a square board. That's basically it. You don't even buy property like you would in Animal Crossing, which is kind of strange. Um, it's really fun. It's got this like super goofy, like uh, uh, just adaptation of, of Monopoly parts with a completely different rule set. And it's very, very pretty and neat. I
3: recommend it if um if anyone wants to read me rant about Magic the Gathering and <laughs> etc, you can do so at paperwave.substack.com. Please subscribe.: That's
0: for your newsletter.: Yeah, on, I was going to ask where people could. Join up. Uh, I am one step ahead of you on the plug, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what a uh, board game really doesn't hold up digitally is uh Jumanji because you just don't get the same physical in person yeah. experience. No, but jokes aside, um <laughs> I don't I don't play a ton of board games. Um the the one that I was obsessed with as a kid was the game of life and then it came mm. out digitally and just by virtue of the fact that I played it so much was what enticed me to play. And then I realized it just, it just doesn't have the same tactile feel, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like, you know, the point of board games often is also a social experience. So it does help that if we are um, trapped in a pandemic that we can do that stuff digitally. But I would go one step further and <clears> say <throat> you could recreate some of that um, in-person environment and just do board games in VR. And then wow. that's a solution to everything,
3: yeah. That'd be cool. This the the spatial element of it is super real, like not just yeah. the feel of you know picking up a really satisfying piece of cardboard, but like if I'm playing Ticket to Ride, I can look over at my opponent and see yeah. how big their pile of trains yeah. is, and like mm-hmm. all, there's no UI or UX to consider; it's all just there for you to see with your eyes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, it, it it doesn't feel as good to me. I it's crazy that this question came up though because I literally just installed and started playing Gloomhaven on Steam last night and was you know pretty impressed with how well done how
0: well done that is Hmm. sam any updates on the godzilla pinball machine
3: yeah i think
2: well uh, yes uh i'll be unboxing it so that'll be cool Uh, but uh that i think is a november release at this point it's really hard they they come out really quickly after they're announced right now i mean did you get to watch the videos for it and stuff yeah yeah it's it's super funny looking like um uh it has this feature where there's this little bridge and the bridge like breaks apart so the ball like doesn't go over the bridge which is really funny. Yeah. And then it has like a building that, that that pinballs lock in on either side of this building and then it like collapses down under the, you know, earthquakes caused by Godzilla. It's, it has some cool destructive elements in it. We'll see how it is. Did that's you know right. they're making an Ultraman game too?
0: No, I didn't. It's another company That's cool. strange. Yeah. Are you you're going to um uh unbox it for IGN?
2: Yeah. In okay. fact, you can check out my Mandalorian pinball unboxing yeah. out today on IGN. Oh, wow. If you're cool. watching on Friday.
0: I just Everybody unboxed that <laughs> plug. But I was going to say, Sam, in all seriousness, maybe I'll fly up to San Francisco for that, Yeah, for the unboxing. Yes. That'd be really fun. Um, yep. It will happen right here. You're welcome anytime. <laughs> uh, real quick, before video game, 20 questions. Justin, did you finish <laughs> Squid Game?
3: No, not yet. We um we we're watching Only Murders in the Building now. I also oh, hear that. How That's is that? Good. It is so good, dude, with yeah. Steve Martin okay. and Martin Short. I thought yeah. it was going to be a goof-em-up, but it's not. It's like a real actual show with drama and good <laughs> stuff
0: in it. Cool. Um Sorry. I did finish Squid Game. Sam Tina, are you watching that one? I finished it. What's that? I finished it. You finished it. Okay.
1: Yeah, all like, through. I had many emotions.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't
1: do
3: I I have to I have to slow play that one. I can't binge it. Is it worth watching?
0: Oh yeah. Oh god. I, yeah. I think it's I think it's, okay, it's, cool. it's probably the best new show I've watched this year. Nice.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, definitely there. Great. my TV time has definitely been <laughs> Ted Lasso,
0: what we do in the shadows, and uh Dude, what if. Am I crazy? Does Ted Lasso season two suck?
3: No, it's so good. Oh, oh man. Oh. It's like oh. so
0: overly sentimental and they're not they're they're focusing on all the unimportant stuff and like i actually want to see what, what? Ted, ted's doing with the soccer the football team and like santa oh, so claus now you're a, now you're
2: a soccer guy
0: yeah no it's like <laughs> so <laughs> sappy and uh, it it leaned too far into the sentimental mm. cheesy stuff i mean but it, it was maybe that in
1: season one and now it's more like you know, season one was very sappy in a different way, yeah, uh, more positive way, and that's why the the argument from a lot of people has been, oh, I watch this show because it's positive and it makes me feel good. It's like mm. a palate cleanser to all the other garbage out there, yeah. Um, and so season two took a very different direction, and I think people weren't expecting that, and that mm. has something to that has something to do with like the nature of TV shows in general. Like when you subvert some expectations, and you know inherently that's going to create some some conflict with your sure. viewership. Sure. Mm. I don't think it goes. I, I gotta say, I don't love season. What are we three on? Uh, what we do in the shadows? I don't love it as much
3: as Same. season one and two. It, it's been pretty disappointing.
0: My wife Kim made the, uh, the correct ob- observation. They like it went so much um, more crass. Like every joke is like a pervy sex joke now, hmm. which is like isn't like doesn't like bother me. It's just like it used well, to be a little why they bit became more.
2: Vampires, to drink blood and fuck forever.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm still enjoying it, though. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I've actually
2: rewatched the first two episodes twice now because uh, friends have wanted to watch it. And um, I, though the rewatches of those episodes have been fantastic. But every time I watch a new one, it's not grabbing me as much. But man, I've watched those first two seasons probably three times also. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a rewatchy show in, in terms of like the volume of jokes in it. Yeah, so. There's that. But if it doesn't hook me for the rest of the season, I'm probably not going to be that obsessed. I was going to say, too, for Ted Lasso, one of the things that, that I think it has that um, it, the perspective I have on it is it has the amount of sappiness that The Office has, which was a little off-putting for me sometimes. Um, sometimes I was like, oh, do I want to take these characters this seriously? Um, but I love The Office. Like, I really like it. So that's where I'm at with the show right now. And I- I'm hoping it's going to yeah. ride that out.
1: The one thing about Ted Lasso, not to belabor this entire part of the conversation on on game scoop, um, but uh, (laughs) the one thing about Ted Lasso that I really can't stand is, like, Ted's dialogue. They're going way too ham with it. Like, I get it. He says things in cute ways, and sometimes it's very clever. And then other times he's talking about, I forget the line, but it's like, finger, toes, hand, toes, hand, finger, feet, fingers, whatever that thing was. And it was just yeah. like that was completely unnecessary. No human being talks like that. I get that he's covering up for his anxiety. And so a certain amount of that fits and then a certain amount of it is, is like way overwritten, in my opinion. Yeah,
2: it, it's hard enough to understand the British accents. When it starts getting really fast in that show, it is it is hard to follow. And then him as a character, it's phony now.
1: It- it's like he goes out of his way not to use normal language and it fits sometimes. And then other times it's just so, so, so overwrought. And it's like, all right, that's a little too try hard for me.
0: Yeah. Episode just about coach. I hated. I, I agree. I was like, what mm. is this episode? Why did they think we wanted to watch a whole episode about this dude? No way. It's bad. Season two it's work- is not, not working for me. That brings us to video game twenty questions. Our How's suggestion it? this week comes from John from Baltimore. Let the question begin.
2: Baltimore, Maryland? Huh.
0: Maryland. <laughs> I didn't say it was Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, that's a good point. Great, Great point. point. Baltimore, oh, Texas. Point. <laughs> Baltimore, <laughs> Baltimore, Oregon. <laughs> um, Is this an open world game? Ish. You
2: can't. Yeah, that's not okay. You just have to give us the answer now because you didn't answer the question. You have to. You have to hold <laughs> up your end of this game. Uh,
1: it, pro- it probably means some. Some you're given some guardrails, or there are moments where it's open world,
3: like Last of Us Two. There
2: was an open world moment. <laughs> or, uh, uh, what? Oh. Uh, uh, or is this a spooky game?
0: Yes.
3: Resident Thanks. Evil Eight. Uh, did Capcom make this game? No.
2: And if we got that in three
3: questions, it would be really
1: great. <laughs> Did Konami make this game? <clears throat> yes. Oh, Here we
3: go. Man. Yeah. <laughs> we it's got to be one of the Silent Hills, right? Well, yeah. I don't, obviously. Castlevania. I don't know which one.
1: Oh, I guess we could go enemy type if you want to narrow it from there.
3: From, I don't know. Do the game What are the enemy enough.
1: types in
2: Castlevania? Um, does this series have a Frankenstein in it? Yes. Series? That's five. Okay.
1: Oh yeah, we assume. Yeah, we're assuming that was that was basically two questions in one. Nice job, Sam. (laughs) Thank
3: you. So it's Uh,
2: it's a a
1: Castlevania.
3: Yeah. So was this game originally released on the Game Boy Advance? No. It's three of them gone. Oh, I'm assuming Metroidvania because he said open world ish.
2: Oh yeah, was this released on the NES? Yes.
0: Okay. So Simon's Quest. Yeah. Yes, that was how many do we do? How many questions? It was an eight.
3: wow is that a record no not a record
0: record. but it's the fastest in a long time (laughs) yeah sure
2: (laughs) man open world esque is totally right for this game it's a Mm -hmm. it's totally a proto yeah open world ish it's totally a proto uh uh later castlevania game
3: yeah inspired by metroid probably right so ahead of its time yeah, With this big sprawling expansive map. You still kill these same enemies. <laughs> yeah, you're still whipping skeletons now. I
0: am mean, I 40 did all years. last
2: night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which one are you playing last night? Uh, uh, Aria of Sara. That is that in the Advanced Collection?
3: Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. I've learned that that's, that's the only truly great one on the GBA. This is what this <laughs> yeah. collection has taught me.
2: Yeah, we are on uh, NVC on that uh, we recorded today also. Um, Seth was talking about how he had started the Castlevania collection, and Jared had given him a lecture about how he should (laughs) not start with Circle of the Moon, but should start with Aria of Sorrow. And the reasoning uh, was that uh, Aria of Sorrow, the the collection has uh, one great game, two good games, and one terrible game, which
3: he's referring Mm -hmm. to Dracula X. Completely agree. Yep. Completely agreed.
2: I don't don't remember Harmony of Distance being that different from Aria of Sorrow, but we'll see. Aria is
0: really good. It is good. I started with Circle of the Moon and I'm enjoying it just fine. Cool. But maybe I don't maybe, love these other yeah, games. Maybe Circle I'll... of
3: the Moon's and, and like I, I I'm a huge Castlevania guy, huge Metroidvania guy. But Circle of the Moon's movement is crazy. Like I didn't remember at all how it worked with like the double tap to dash and like mm-hmm. you're on this tiny cramped screen. But the get that game is so vertical. Like mm, I don't know, it doesn't feel that great.
2: Man, Aria's uh, initial move is so great. You get to you get oh. like a longer jump at first and then a dash backwards
0: and it's like you're mm. already
2: kicking butt
3: so good. It's really cool.
0: Well, eight questions is good. Uh, Thank very you. fast to get your answer. Castlevania <sighs> 2. Thank you for the suggestion. John in Baltimore, somewhere, mysterious Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore, Transylvania. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Listeners of viewers, if you have your own suggestions for 20 questions, email them to me at uh, gamescoop at IGN.com. And that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you to Tina, Sam, and Justin. Thank you to Mariah and working behind the scenes to make the show possible. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out. We are going to. Go-